Friends, we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on the Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings, Voice of America listeners. This is VOA Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the January 24th edition of the sunny side of sports. On Wednesday's show, we'll continue our special coverage of the Africa Cup of Nations Football Tournament, or AFCON, in Ivory Coast. Joining us now from the Ivorian commercial capital of Abidjan is VOA Nations Cup reporter Muckbill Yabaro. Sporty AFCON greetings, Muckbill. Sporty AFCON greetings, Sonny. What's going on? Muckbill, the field for the round of 16 will be known at the conclusion of Wednesday evening's matches. So far, Muckbill, through 11 days of competition, are there maybe two or three players who have really stood out for you in terms of their performances? Yeah, uh, Sonny, I definitely have to say uh, Emilio Ntue, uh from Equatorial Guinea with five goals uh, would be top. Um, then Baghdad Bunesh from Algeria as well. Uh, unfortunately, Algeria has uh, been knocked out. Yeah, I definitely would say those two. And then uh, Lamin Kamara from Senegal has been uh, uh, spectacular. Speaking of Algeria, would you rate Algeria and Ghana as the two biggest disappointments at this Nations Cup? Yeah, absolutely. I don't think anybody had expected Algeria uh, to perform the way that they did, and in particular on a must-win game uh, to lose to Mauritania. Uh, it's really uh, not something that was expected. Mauritania is ranked like 105th in the world, I believe. Uh, so that was uh, definitely something unexpected. Uh, and Ghana crashing out also is not something that uh, the Black Stars or the fans across the board uh, expected. Um, they've had a 2-0 lead, and then for them to lose that lead in extra time uh, is what a lot of fans were saying was a tough pill to swallow. Well, Muckbill, um, taking a look at the bracket for the round of 16, and I already see two border soccer rivalries uh, that that are coming up. Nigeria will play Cameroon on Saturday, January 27th in Abidjan. How do you see that match? Um, If I was to just uh, put that out, I would say that uh, Nigeria looks like they're in better form at the moment. Uh, But Cameroon, having pulled off that victory, uh, that must win, maybe they have the momentum uh, that'll be able to push them through. Uh, it, it'll definitely be a, a good matchup, though. I think both teams have kind of been in that middle of the pack, ha- haven't really shown that level of class and dominance that uh, we've expected from both those African giants for years. So should be a close matchup, I think. Muckbill, the other uh, border rivalry I see in the round of 16, Equatorial Guinea versus Guinea. Your thoughts on that game, which will be played on Sunday, January 28th in Abidjan? Yeah, uh, I think uh, for me, Equatorial Guinea has been one of the top teams. Uh, they've shown a level of uh, efficiency that I've been uh, super, super uh, ecstatic about. Um, when I when I just see what they're able to do uh, with the few opportunities that they get, they're able to score. Um, they, I believe they scored uh, nine goals. Across three uh, three games, uh, Emilio and Sue uh, leading the pack with five goals. Uh, so 
Yeah, I, I, th- I think they, they're, they're going to be a very difficult team uh, and matchup for Guinea. Off the pitch, Muckbill, I understand you're getting ready to meet with the Ivorian Minister of Tourism. Uh, how has tourism been during this Nations Cup? Are you seeing many tourists at the matches? Yeah, I, I believe um, everyone uh, here that is touring that is not from Amazon really has had a great experience here. Uh, so, yeah, what, what we're able to do here is just, you know, have conversations and speak to individuals that are coming from, uh, you know, neighboring countries um, and also just worldwide. And everyone seems to have the same sentiments. So Ivorians are great hosts. That's why everyone's kind of keeping their fingers crossed and waiting uh, to see if Ivory Coast can make it through uh, to the next round uh with some variables from today's matches. And we have talked about this before, Muckbill. Uh, how important is it for Ivory Coast to be present in the knockout stages? Yeah, I think it's very important. Um, for me, uh, having spoken to some Ivorian fans, they've said that, you know, uh, they feel as though this is not the way that they would have liked to go through. But nonetheless, I think it's uh, if they do make it through, uh, it'll still be, you know, one game at a time. Early on, Muckbill, you were talking about the cuisine and how tasty it was in Ivory Coast. Are, are you still having tasty meals there? Oh, regularly, man, regularly. <laughs> I, I, th- I think I may turn some of these uh, meals into a, uh, a a normalcy when I get back home. So, uh, <laughs> I definitely, definitely have uh, have enjoyed myself uh, here for sure. Finally, Muckbill, uh, you mentioned wearing your Arsenal jersey uh, the other day. Uh, what type of reaction did that have in Ivory Coast? Yeah, quite quite a few fans, uh, you know, and I, I ran into some uh, few people with Arsenal jerseys as well. So I think uh, the fan base is strong here uh, on the continent. Uh, but nonetheless, I think I definitely saw more uh, Ivorian jerseys and Ghana jerseys than Arsenal. So yeah, so definitely the the, the countries are, are going strong here uh, for this Afcon. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's been, it's been a great experience across the board. Um, so many upsets, so many shockers. Uh, what a great tournament. VOA Nations Cup reporter Muckbill Yabaro speaking with us from Abidjan, Ivory Coast. Thank you, Muckbill. Thanks, Sunday. Hey, folks, I'm Muckbill Yabaro, and I have some electrifying news for you. AFCON 2023 is here and I'll be at Ivory Coast covering all things AFCON for VOA Africa. We'll have exciting coverage on radio, TV, and all of our digital platforms. Make sure you check out VOAAfrica.com for AFCON updates. Stay locked right here on VOA Africa. As Muckbill and I talked about, the Super Eagles of Nigeria will play the indomitable Lions of Cameroon on Saturday, January 27th, in a round of 16 match at the Africa Cup of Nations football tournament in Ivory Coast. The game will be played in Abidjan. The Super Eagles are coming off a 1-0 victory over Guinea-Bissau in Abidjan. For reaction, Iron Mike Mbonye called Abidjan where he reached the chief football writer for ACLSports.com, Fisayo Dairo. The game between Nigeria and Guinea-Bissau on Monday night here in Abidjan went pretty much as planned. Not much of a force, not much of a feisty contest. 
Guinea-Bissau knew they were already out of the tournament. Nigeria knew with four points they were home and dry going into the next round. So perhaps they just needed one more point to be absolutely sure as one of the top two teams. And like the head coach Jose Pesero said in the press conference before the game, he said they wanted to finish top. So he set out to win the game, made just four changes to decide a couple of them injury enforced, but he stuck to the same 3-4-3 formation, which ended that famous win over the elephants of Côte d'Ivoire in the second group game. Yeah, the, the job was done in the first half. Opas and Gante scoring an own goal in the 36th minute, and that was it all for Nigeria. A number of Nigerians are not particularly pleased with the performance, uh, but it is what it is. The result is the most important, and I'm sure Pesero will be happy that his, his words got seven points, although it was not enough to top the group in the end following the um, spectacular showing at the other stadium in, Abujan, in Abidjan. That's for Equatorial Guinea. Well, for now, Nigeria moved to the second round, and um, it, it, it's good because it could be worse. Some other top countries in Africa are struggling but the Super Eagles have emerged out of Group A unbeaten, seven points out of three matches, and then they look forward to what happens in the round of 16. Equatorial Guinea topped Group A with a big win against host Cote d'Ivoire. Your thoughts on the game? I tell you, it was an incredible game of football at the Alassane Ouattara Stadium in a bimpy outskirts of Abidjan on Monday evening. What many people thought impossible really happened in front of us all. You know, that event brought back the saying that in football, absolutely nothing is impossible. The Ivorians, having lost to our rivals Nigeria in the second group game, knew that they needed a win to progress. Equatorial Guinea were already overachieving. They had four points in the bag. They were almost certain of going through to the next round. But beating Cordova in front of over 40,000 spectators in Abidjan, it's unthinkable. But it did happen. And guess what? It's all the goals. The first couple of goals were against the run of play. Ivory Coast were piling up pressure upon pressure. And then the Nzalang Nacional went on an attack with their very first attempt at goal. That man, Emilio Nsue, found the bottom left in a very crisp manner from inside the box and they took the lead into halftime. And while the host came back like a house on fire, piling all the pressure, guess what? The Ivorians got a free kick. I mean, the Equatorial Guinean side got a free kick and boom, in the 73rd minute, it was into the net. They were stunned. The old stadium was shell-shocked and when the elephants thought they could hope against hope, two minutes later, Emilio Nsue netted his fifth goal of the competition. Remarkable for a player that plays as a fullback at his third division side in Spain. That's the story of this year's Africa Cup of Nations. Surprises upon surprises and kudos to the Nzalang National they are full worthy of their three points. The host nation will now have to patiently wait if they will eventually make it as one of the 
four best third place finishers in the competition. That's Fisayo Dairo, the chief football writer for ACLSports.com. And Fisayo spoke with Iron Mike Mbonye on the telephone from Abidjan, Ivory Coast. Sporty greetings. This is Fisayo Dairo, chief football writer at ACLSports.com. And you are listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. the sunny side of sports on facebook x formerly known as twitter and at voaafrica.com my facebook address is facebook.com forward slash voa sunny my x formerly known as twitter handle is at voa sunny sports and if you go to voaafrica.com you can listen online to the sunny side of sports as well as past episodes Check out VOAAfrica.com for lots of Africa news. For world news, go to VOANews.com. relax, unwind, or charge up? Then listen to Music Time in Africa this weekend. It'll do all that for you and more. I'm Heather Maxwell. I know good music. And Africa is my passion. Join me every Saturday and Sunday for one hour of commercial-free Pan-African music of the highest caliber. You get great music, music news, and amazing artist interviews from rising stars to superstars. This listen will take you places, so do it. Join me for Music Time in Africa, your weekend destination. And your sporty destination is right here, the sunny side of sports. In mixed martial arts, the South African Drikus Duplessis beat American Sean Strickland by split decision over the weekend in a bruising middleweight title fight at UFC 297 in Toronto, Canada. Duplessis is the first African to land the coveted title, taking home the belt and a reported prize purse of just over $1 million. The 30-year-old hails from Pretoria in South Africa, and he's traveled the long road from amateur world champion to the apex of the sport. Joining us now from Durban, South Africa, to tell us more is Myron Nika. Sporty greetings, Myron!
Sporty greetings from South Africa, Sunny. Those are the cheers of the hundreds of South African fans who were up bright and early to get behind their man, Drickus Duplessis, on Sunday morning. It may be a few days since Duplessis snatched the UFC middleweight title away from American Sean Strickland, but the euphoria of that victory continues to light up the faces of South Africans, particularly those involved in the mixed martial arts scene. The fight went the full five rounds, and it was the South African who won a split decision in the end. Twelve years ago, Duplessis became amateur world champion in Slovakia. He made a promise then to his father that he would turn pro and chase the world title in the years to come. Uh, I promised my dad that one day I will give him the UFC world, cha- world title. I promised that him to be able to see how proud my dad is of me and all the support and love that my mom and dad has been giving me my whole life, my whole career. And they supported this. They wanted this just as bad as I did. And to be able to give them this belt meant the absolute world. The South African took up combat sports at the age of five, training in judo and then wrestling. He was also a talented junior rugby player. He talks us through his emotions as he stood next to Strickland, awaiting the results from the judges. Wow, I mean, let's just talk about the emotions I felt when we started hearing one judge, one judge. Because I honestly thought I did enough until they st- that it was a close fight, I'd make no mistake. But I thought I had it. And then when that split decision came, I just went, OK, this is 100% 50-50. And when they said and knew, it, was, it felt like 15 years of work, of dreaming, of sacrificing, of everything came together in one single sentence. It was it's incredible. It feels surreal. It's, it's amazing. But just how did Duplessis get the better of Strickland? a vastly experienced fighter with a renowned defence and boxing ability. Strickland started the better, claiming the first round, executing his big left jab, but Duplessis fought back in the rounds to come to sway the judges in his favour. International award-winning combat sports commentator Simon Stevens believes Duplessis' ability to strike under pressure is what sets him apart on the big stage. And he's always dangerous um, when his back's up against the cage. You saw it in the, the Brad Tavares fight. I think you saw it in the Marcus Perez fight. I think that's probably his first fight in the UFC. You know, his back is against the cage and he knocks his opponent out. It's just whenever he comes across against a faster, more technical, better, stronger opponent, it's just impossible to put him away. And I think... How many fights has he had? You look at the record. I think it's 20. This is his 27th fight, and it's the first time, perhaps, I think he's gone the distance, you know, into the, the final round because he's just put his opponents away. Just no one has been able to put him away um, because he's got that just incredible farm strength. The man they call Still Knox made his debut in the Ultimate Fighting Championship, the world's foremost mixed martial arts promotion company, back in 2020. He's notched up an impressive record since winning all six of his fights before he got into the hexagon to rumble with Strickland. He says valuable time in the ring has helped him find a home in the UFC. Yeah, nothing changed. I just got my ring time. I just got my octagon time and um, settled, settled, found a home in the UFC. Like I said, that's what I need. Found a home. We, we had some problems um, in terms of the conditioning, which we fixed. 
I feel incredible. I think it's just about finding your feet in that octagon and accepting and believing that you're one of the best in the world. South Africa's very own MMA promotion company, the Extreme Fighting Championship, where Duplessis was the middleweight champion, has led the way for the sport on the continent. But according to Stevens, beyond the EFC, the sport has struggled to grow in South Africa due to a lack of commercial support. He's hoping Duplessis' victory will be a catalyst for change. The best thing about Jacob Duplessis' uh, title win is perhaps corporate South Africa will wake up and realize, hold on a minute, this is a growing sport. Um, South Africans are great at this. South Africans are getting a global reach because of, uh, of this win. Uh, perhaps it's got a bit more respectability than um, kind of the corruption that's happened in the mainstream sports codes that dominate the sponsorship and, and broadcast uh, opportunities available today. What's next for Duplessis as title holder? In his post-fight interview, he called out former champion Israel Adesanya. The New Zealand fighter has not fought since he lost his title to Strickland last September. It's not personal at all. That's just the fight the fans want to see. Uh, I want to fight the best competition. There's a lot of guys that are going to be fighting, but the fans want to see Israel Adesanya versus Vigas Duplessis. You know, there's a lot of hype that was already built on it. If the fans go, if there's some way they start tracking and saying, listen, the fans don't really want to see Adesanya versus Duplessis. We don't do that fight. Makes, it's fine to me. I've, I don't care who it is. But that's just a fight on top of my head that I think the people want to see and that's going to you know, get a lot of people excited. There are talks that the fight between Duplessis and Adrasanya could take place at UFC 300, a landmark event for the US company, potentially headlined by two of the sport's biggest names at the moment. For now, Duplessis will head back home to South Africa to celebrate his victory with local fans and get some much-needed rest. For the sunny side of sports, this is Myron Nika in Durban, South Africa. Thanks, Myron. Turning to tennis, Russian star Daniel Medvedev has reached the Australian Open semifinals as we hear now from Craig Gabriel in Melbourne. A minute short of four hours and another long match for Daniel Medvedev. While he didn't finish at 3.39 a.m. again, it was played in hot conditions. Medvedev defeated Herbert Herkatz, who came back from a breakdown in the fourth set to push the third seed to a fifth. 7-6, 2-6, 6-3, 5-7, 6-4. That also levels their head-to-head at 3-all. It's Medi's third time to reach the Australian semis. Earlier, Diana Yastremska became the first qualifier in 46 years to make the semis. She beat Linda Noskova. 6364. Jen Chin Chen, who has not only reached the Australian Open semis for the first time, but her 676361 victory over Anna Kalinskaya has put her into the top 10 for the first time. She's the first Chinese woman to make her semi final debut since the great Li Na, who won this title in 2014 and who's here playing Legends doubles. For the second time at the Australian Open and the first since 2020, Alexander Zverev has reached the semis. He's played a very solid match to beat Carlos Alcaraz and extend his record over the Spaniard to 5-3. The score was 6-1, 6-3, 6-7, 6-4. Zverev is the third German man in the Open era to make the semis, joining Boris Becker and Tommy Haas. Zverev will play Daniel Medvedev, who went 6-4 in the fifth with Herbert Herkatz. Their head-to-head is 11-7 to Medvedev. Day 12 
tennis, the women's semis. The exact date the last time Irina Sabalenka and Coco Golf played was 8th September last year, and it was the U.S. Open final. And what a night that was in New York as Golf won her first major and extended her head-to-head with Sabalenka to 4-2. It's always a tough match with her. I think she's playing really well this tournament. And, yeah, obviously that U.S. Open final was uh, tough, and it's going to be a tough match. I think these are the later stages of the Grand Slam. Kirka is unbeaten this year and has won all 10 matches she's played, while Sabalenka has reached the semi-finals without dropping a set and has lost a mere 16 games. At the start of the Australian Open, they were very much an unlikely pair to make the semi-finals, but Yastremska and Cheng have defied the odds and are making their debuts in the final four of a major. It's a first-time meeting for them, with Yastremska hoping what she's doing on the tennis court half a world away from her homeland is giving the people of Ukraine excitement and pride. Craig Gabriel, VOA Sports, Melbourne. Thanks, Craig. Here in the United States, the Baseball Hall of Fame has welcomed three new members. Joining us now with that story, as well as pro basketball news, is the AP's Bruce Morton. On Tuesday, the Baseball Hall of Fame added three members. The Baseball Writers Association of America voted in Adrian Beltre, Todd Helton, and Joe Maurer. Beltre, on 95% of the writers' ballots, was asked of which part of his career was he most proud. The fact that I was able to stay in the field uh, the longest I could, uh, I learned how to play with injury uh, and learn how to perform with injury a little bit. No such good news for Gary Sheffield, who fell short of the 75% threshold necessary for induction on his 10th and final try. Pro basketball, the Bucks fired Adrian Griffin after just 43 games on the job. Gethin Coolbaugh has details. Milwaukee is 30-13 and 13 to tie the Minnesota Timberwolves for the league's second-best record. The Bucks are three and a half games behind the Boston Celtics in the Eastern Conference. Milwaukee had given Griffin his first head coaching job this summer after firing Mike Budenholzer. In other off-the-court news, the Heat traded guard Kyle Lowry to Charlotte for guard Terry Rozier. On the floor, the Nuggets escaped Indiana with a 114-109 victory. Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray each scored 31 points, and Jokic said when both are cooking, Denver is hard to stop. I mean, they're making shots, you know. That's, uh, it's easier when you make shots. Whoever, me or him or whoever, you know, just when you, as a team you're making shots, it's, uh, the whole team gets confident, you know, just want to shoot them in the open, and that's really hard to guard. Also in the Tuesday win column were the Knicks, Pelicans, Thunder, and Clippers. College basketball, AP number 6 Kentucky lost at South Carolina 79-62. Bruce Morton. Around the clock, the Voice of America keeps you in touch with the latest news. Tune in at the top of every hour, every day of the week. For the five-minute VOA newscast. We bring you reports from our correspondents and interviews with newsmakers from around the globe. Give us five minutes and we'll give you the world. VOA, your trusted source for news and information. I'm VOA Sonny Young, and you're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. More Africa Cup of Nations football news. Ghana and host Ivory Coast have both given their head coaches the boot after disappointing performances by their teams in the tournament. The Ghana Football Association sacked Chris Hewton. The Black Stars of Ghana finished with two points in Group B 
drawing two all with both Egypt and Mozambique following a 2-1 loss to Cape Verde in their opening match. Hewton was appointed head coach in February last year. And Ivory Coast sacked the Frenchman Jean-Louis Gasset as head coach two days after a 4-0 loss to Equatorial Guinea. It was the most lopsided home loss in Ivory Coast football history. Now the elephants of Ivory Coast still have a chance of advancing to the knockout round as one of the best third-place teams. Meanwhile, defending Nations Cup champion Senegal is the only team to finish the group stage with a 100% record. Senegal beat Guinea Tuesday 2-0 and Yamasukro Ivory Coast to top Group C with the maximum nine points. Abdoulaye Sek and Iliman Ndaye had second-half goals for the Lions of Taranga. Guinea also advanced to the knockout round of 16 and will play neighbor Equatorial Guinea on Sunday, January 28th in Abidjan. Senegal will stay in Yamasukro and will play a third-place team from either Group A or Group F on Monday, January 29th. Finally, let's give a sunny side of sports salute to Mauritania's national football team, which scored its first ever Nations Cup victory on Tuesday by beating Algeria 1-0. Mohamed Yali scored the goal in the 37th minute. The Lions of Chinguetti from Mauritania advanced to the round of 16 as one of the best third-place teams. Mauritania will take on Group B winners Kate Bird on Monday in the last 16 in Abidjan. Nations Cup fever! And that wraps up the January 24th edition of the show. Thanks to producer David Bandy and engineer Audrius Regis. And thank you for tuning in. I'm POA Sonny Young in Washington. And that's the sunny side of sports. I get it. <laughs>